most people probably know um, that your uncle played cricket for Australia and that your dad played for Queensland. Mm -hmm. When you were little, was cricket always the sport that you wanted to play? Actually, not at all. Um, I, I guess having the last name here, people assumed that it was... Yeah, I never had a choice or I was going to do that. But for me, I played every sport that I possibly could. Um, I loved playing soccer growing up. I loved playing hockey. I played a bit of netball, a bit of softball. So, um, But for me, cricket was sort of just the constant. Every summer I went and played cricket randomly. Um, I really made a heap of really nice friends playing the game of cricket. So it kind of just kept happening. And then all of a sudden I was playing for Australia. So... Um, no, it wasn't my choice. I always wanted to play hockey for Australia and go to the Olympics, but um, here I am playing cricket professionally, which is pretty cool. Well, it's, I guess it's good that everything happened like it did. Everything happens for a reason, right? And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and did you feel, was there, like, much pressure that if you didn't play cricket, then you'd... Uh, you, um, your parents or um, your dad would kind of be disappointed that you didn't follow after? No, not one bit. I mean, they were, my parents were super supportive of me just being outside in the sunshine, um, enjoying life. And for me, like I said, I played every sport and they encouraged me to do that and, and find a passion. Um, and, you know, cricket wasn't a full-time sport back then, so it was like sort of just a hobby on the side so um they never pushed me into the game but I, I guess for from my dad's perspective as soon as I started playing for New South Wales and started um you know getting picked in Australian squads um you know it became a reality and, and dad was super proud but um they never pushed me into the game of cricket they just encouraged me to go outside play sport and, and enjoy it yeah um and I'm sorry to ask this um and I'm 12 and when you were that age you experienced a life-changing um, tragedy when your sister passed away suddenly. Mm -hmm. I've got a sister too and I can't imagine life without her. Yep. I don't want to focus on this but I did want to ask what were your favourite things that the two of you used to do together? Um, well funnily enough we, we were polar opposites. I mean we both loved sport um, we both enjoyed it um, she was a really really good soccer player um, that was kind of um, where she was at and I just dabbled in every sport like I said so um, but we were, we were quite opposite people um, which I think um, in hindsight you know especially if we got the opportunity to grow up together it would have been a really cool experience um, living our lives so differently but um, yeah I've, I've got some really fond memories of, of having a big, big sister when I was when I was a lot younger and, and those experiences will you know I'll carry with me for the rest of my life which is pretty cool but yeah. um, I guess it's a good lesson for everyone to especially for you with a sister to you know tell them how much you love them every day and, and hang out with them and, and be kind to one another because you don't know how long you, they're going to be around for so it's a good lesson for everyone out there yeah and do you have like a favorite memory or something that you just remember doing with her um oof, you've asked the good <laughs> questions now you know what uh, not really I think I've got lots of different ones that, that stand out but uh, I've one that does, um, you know, come front of mind is we used to have this old dodgy Nintendo 64. You might not even know what that is back then where you had to put put it down and put the cartridges in. You had to blow the cartridges to put them into work. And um, I used to love, we used to love playing Mario Kart on that. So um, that's one of the memories that I'll probably keep. Yeah, I guess me and my sister at my grandma's house, the pastor is very silly, so I guess. Yeah. Um, well, we used to play like Mario Kart a lot <laughs> yep. too, so How good. It's, it's a funny thing to bond over, I guess. It is, but it was it was some sort of competitive but fun and, and something that we could do together, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and when you were already obsessed with sport at that age, or did what happened kind of make you want to use sport as like kind of a distraction, I guess? 
Um, I guess it, it enabled me to be distracted to an extent, but it also, it was already something that I loved doing and, and something that um, I really enjoyed being outside and being around a group of people. And um, I feel like I'm an introverted extrovert. So when I'm around a group of people, I really come out of my shell and I really love that. And I think potentially when you go through something like that, um, you know, it could change you as a person and you could be, you could go really inside yourself. So I guess from my point of view, to be able to go out and play sport, it really helped me come out of my shell and, and enjoy life because it's, it's obviously a really sad time, but, um, yeah, look, it, it definitely helped me. And I think cricket helped me in particular. It was, um, you know, it all happened in the summer. So to have cricket there, have my mates around me all the time in that sad part of the year, um, definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, and who were your role models and idols when you were around that age? Well, <clears throat> I used to love watching Ricky Ponting, but I think he was my idol um, when I when I started playing cricket. All I wanted to do was bat like him and play like him. Um, but it was probably around that age where I learnt that um, Australia had a women's team and there was women's cricket and it was a, um, a potential um, pathway for me so around that age was um, it was kind of really exciting I, I got to learn the names of Belinda Clark, Lisa Kitely, um, some of these amazing women actually played at my club at, at Balmain and I got to meet them and, and see what they were doing and that was really exciting and I remember actually going to my first ever um, Australian game down at Bankstown Oval and I saw Julia Price take an absolute hanger in front of first slip um, behind the stumps and I thought that was awesome. So, um, yeah, it was right around then that I learnt that there was a team and I guess those amazing women who are such legends of our game sort of became a role model of mine and I got to sort of watch them play and play alongside them, which I think was even more more special. Yeah. Um, and were you playing others? Oh, sorry, never mind that question from me, <laughs> Um and what was it about cricket that made you just decide to focus on that way you kind of accidentally did it? Yeah, it, I think it was sort of, it was inside of me some, this cricket, um, whether it was sort of a talent or a skill, but I think I just really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the fact that it was a team sport. I was out there with, you know, 10 of my mates. Um, I was playing with the boys a lot in junior cricket. So um, I've made friends that I'm, I'm still, I'm still in contact with today, which is really cool and really unique about our sport. So um, I think that kept me in the game. And I think once I kind of realized um, that I could play a little bit um, and I was getting picked in teams, um, then it sort of became a bit more a bit more than just a hobby. It became sort of a passion and I work really hard at, um, at being better. So um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and when you were a teenager, what did you think was possible for girls in cricket in terms of like having a career out of it? And was that something that you thought about while you were playing? Um, I, I guess at that time it was more, it was a part-time profession, right? So for me, playing for Australia was, it was a goal, but it wasn't the ultimate goal. I think if I if I could go on and play for Australia, it would have been a really cool um, and exciting thing to achieve. But I always thought that I was going to have to be doing something else outside of that as well, whether it be a career or, um, you know, going to uni full time, whatever it was. So I think at that time it was, um, it was just the enjoyment level. But yeah, once I guess I started playing, I was sort of, it's really progressed in the, the 12 years that I've been involved in the Aussie squad. It started out where I was and what it's got to now has been, has been unbelievable. So, you know, when I was 15, 14, 15, 16, I never thought that that was ever going to happen. But I guess to sit here today as a 32-year-old and say, um, 
that I'm a fully professional cricketer and I get to play cricket for a living is is pretty special and I'm really I'm really grateful that I got the opportunity to sort of be a part of that growth. It's pretty crazy though. It's pretty cool, isn't it? About it. Yep. Um, like I could never imagine what where I'll be in like twenty years time or whatever. Yeah, we'll imagine how good women's cricket's gonna be then it won't it might not even be women's cricket, it might just be cricket. Yeah. Right? So there's gonna be so many cool opportunities for, for people like yourself to come through and, and play not not only for Australia but the Sixers and New South Wales and, and people are gonna know everyone's names, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and when you were at high school, you were picked as the wicketkeeper um, in the school's first grade team, which had just always been a boys' team. I think one day you heard a knock on the front door um, to a journalist asking you about it for the news. Yeah. Did you realise that that was going to be such a big deal? I didn't. It was um, it was a quite a funny story, actually. My, my grandma was down looking after me um, when my parents went away, and something always happened when grandma came to visit right and came to look after us there was always some sort of not a scandal but some something went wrong so lo and behold this time it was a reporter knocking on the front door at 6am before I was ready to oh, for wow. school and um, I answered the door in my pyjamas so that was that went down well but yeah it was a it was an interesting time in my life but I think a really great experience for me as a young female in that environment it's sort of the first time that I'd probably um, seen sexism like that and that uh, was quite a confronting thing for me as a, as a young female but I think um, the way that I saw the school, my teammates, which all the boys, my coaches, the head of cricket all get behind me and support me and I guess show another side of it I thought was really was really cool and, um, and I'm grateful for that experience. I think it made me a better cricketer but it also... I think helped me develop as a human as well, just being out of your comfort zone like that. So, um, yeah, the opportunity was really cool. Yeah. Um, and so you were um, one of Australia's best ever wicket keepers. So, so you were <laughs> Thank the, you. relative of one of Australia's <laughs> best ever wicket keepers. And now suddenly you were also the first ever girl playing in this boys team. Mm. Did all of that make you feel like there was heaps of pressure on you every time you dropped a catch or um, got out batting? Um. I guess there was probably a, a little element of an extra bit of pressure. Everyone knew who you were, why you were there. You know, you're the only girl. Everyone's talking about you, right? But I guess from my point of view, I saw it as an opportunity to prove everyone wrong. And, and um, you know, I never asked for any special treatment. I, I said, if I'm not good enough to play in the first, don't pick me in the first. Pick me where you, where you think I'd fit, whether that's twos, threes, whatever it is. And um, so I, I rightfully earned that spot. And... Um, at the end of the day, we won the competition, so I must have had a, uh, had a half-decent year. But um, oh, I loved it. I think it made me a more resilient cricketer purely from that that added little bit of pressure that you had to go out and feel like you had to perform better than, than everybody else just to prove yourself. But um, the boys that were around me just didn't ever make me feel like that. They just wanted me to go out there and have fun like they were um, and, and win a trophy, which we did. Yeah. Um and I guess that was good preparation for playing for Australia like years later. Yep. Yeah, I'm constantly under pressure playing for Australia, right? It's um, it's your job, it's your livelihood and, um, you know, making runs and, and winning trophies is what you want to do and what you want to be a part of. So, um, yeah, it's been great. I guess learning that at an early age and learning that resilience and learning how to um, how to play and, and, and play well under pressure I think was... was now that you've mentioned it, probably a great learning experience at a young age. Yeah. 
um, um, I think that you were 20 years old when you first played your first game for Australia in 2010, the year I was born. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, if I asked you to name three big differences between playing in that game and today's games, what would they be? It could be on the field or off the field. Um, I'm pretty sure no one was there, so there you go. Oh, that was off the field. I don't think anyone was there to watch it. I think pretty sure it was just my like people's families there um, cheering and clapping, um, which was cool. Um, and you look at it now, I just got the opportunity to play in, in that T20 World Cup final at the MCG in front of 87,000 people. And even last year, sorry, this year in um, in Christchurch playing that World Cup final in front of a sold-out crowd. So um, that's been probably one of the biggest differences. Um, on field, I think the game's changed quite quite a lot. I think it's become really dynamic, um, really athletic um, and, and just highly skillful. I think um, women's cricketers in the past had always been seen as really technical, technical players, really nice to watch, um, really easy on the eye. But I think the way that the game's changed and developed, it's, it's become a lot more powerful. And I think that's, that's been really exciting and it sort of suited the way that I like to play the game. And yeah. I like to take it on and have a little bit of a slog here and there. So um, definitely that. And the third one, oh, I think just the professionalism of the game, right? I, I'm pretty sure my, my first contract was under $5,000 for the 12 months for Australia, which um, at that time I thought was an amazing amount of money because um, it was helping me go to uni and didn't have to work for the couple of weeks I was away. So that was cool. But I guess to sit here now is fully professional and, and get paid to come here every day and train and, and work hard and, and get better at something is, um, yeah, is amazing. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. It's really crazy how far it's come just like 10 years. Imagine yeah. what it's going to be like in another 10 years. But that's the beauty of it. And that's something that's really special to, to our group that are involved in in the game at the moment is it's so exciting to see where where we can help help it get to and for young girls like yourself that are going to come through and and keep knocking down even more doors and, and keep making the game even better it's um it brings a smile to my face and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah um and in your first one day game for, in, in your in your first 10 one day game for Australia I think you scored 21 in the first match mm -hmm. um and then you didn't score more than six for the next nine matches sometimes yeah, right. you were the wicketkeeper and sometimes you weren't mm. um how were you feeling at that time when it kind of being all over the place yeah well uh, thanks for reminding me of that i didn't realize i was that bad <laughs> um, yeah um yeah it was a different a different time for me i probably didn't have um confidence in myself uh, in my ability uh, i think i also probably didn't quite have some clarity on what my role was in the team um, yes I was the fill-in wicketkeeper sometimes I was fielding on the boundary sometimes I was coming into slog the last 10 overs um, I think probably that unknown caused that lack of self-confidence and um, and I guess the way that I naturally played the game was, was quite aggressive and sometimes you get out a little bit uh, more often than everybody else so yeah it was it was a weird time but I guess I, I've I've really enjoyed the way that it's just been able to grow and I think it helped me as a cricketer and helped me as a person um, just hang in there and be resilient and, and keep trying to take the opportunities that were given to me and um, yeah thankfully I can sit here now having some amazing experiences. Yeah um, and kind of like you just mentioned batting can be pretty tough like yep. you make one little mistake and then you're gone and someone else gets more runs than you're in there the better because you just made one little mistake and yep. you get runs. Um, when you go out to bat are you trying to avoid making 
um, a mistake altogether or do you accept that you'll just probably make a mistake and try to score as many runs before that happens? Yeah, that, that's a really good question and I mean, you look at uh, Meg Lanning's career, um, I, I, I think I played in that her first ODI game and I think I got out cheaply early. She went on and made 100 and, you know, has become one of the best, well, the best players in the world and, and leading the Australian side. So you look at how our two careers, like, completely went in opposite directions. But, yeah, look, I think it's not necessarily thinking about not making a mistake. I think you're going to make a mistake and there's so much out there on the cricket field that you can't control. All you can, can, can control is what you're doing in that moment. You can't control what's coming down at you or, or the pitch conditions. So um, it's not about not making a mistake. It's just trying to limit how big of a mistake you're going to make and I guess um, and doing that more often. Um, yeah. You're going to make a mistake but just make sure it's a good one in a good zone and, and for me, I talk about risks and it's it's taking good risks over bad risks. So, um, you know, making sure I'm sticking to my game plan and, and, and taking some really good risks that I know I can execute. Yeah, taking risks and making sure you can stay out for as long as you can. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, and when you're having a lot of kind of low scores in a row, what helps you to keep a positive attitude? Um, I think just knowing that it can turn around. I think um, I'm fully aware that cricket is such a fickle game that, you know, you could walk out feeling on top of the world and, and make 100 and the next day you can turn up for the same game against the same opposition and get a duck, get a first ball duck. So for me, I've always had that opinion and that perspective and um, I always knew it was going to turn around. I think if you put in the hard work and you accept that, I think it will turn around um, and I've always had that belief and um, it's probably enabled me to bounce back from, from a, lot of, uh, a lot of low scores and sort of that creeping in of self, the lack of self-confidence again but I always know that it'll turn around. It just takes one little bit of luck, I reckon, and you, and you get yourself back on your feet and you're, and you're, and you're flying. So, um, yeah, just having that knowledge, that perspective. Yeah, um, and I know you're probably sick of talking about it by now, but the T20 World Cup final in Melbourne, mm. is there a favourite moment that you have from that night? Um, apart from on stage with Katy Perry, I mean, that was pretty cool. And I think people forget that we sometimes... Um, played a cricket game before that but um I think just that whole that whole day I mean I can't pinpoint something in the night that whole day was just an amazing experience and um I saw people that I'd played cricket with growing up um who I'd idolized playing the game all that day and the night before or wandering around Melbourne wanting to be a part of that and I thought that was unbelievable and to play the way we did was pretty cool um that was probably that's probably the best part about that night is to just play the perfect game of cricket when we did on the biggest stage. Um, yeah, it made me a happy lady. Yeah, I was in one of. I wasn't actually at the game in Melbourne. I think me and my dad were deciding whether or not to go down. Oh right. But I wish I could have gone. You missed out. I, <laughs> I was at one of the games it. though. I think I was at one of the games earlier on though yeah. before you guys. Made You're it a true game. supporter. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and I was watching the um, Katie Fair's little concert after and the yep. the winning catch um, by Ash Gunner. Yep, Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was it was a pretty fun match. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a great game of cricket. Um, yeah. For us, obviously. <laughs> um, and it's already considered an iconic occasion for women's cricket, but also women's sport in general, and you were right um, in the centre of it. Mm. How do you look back at that night? Um, yeah, it just, just a life-changing experience for me. Um, I think never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I could play at the MCG in front of 87,000 people. I think um, you asked me that question earlier about what, where would you – 
what would you think about women's cricket as a teenager and never did I think that that was going to be a thing so it was really life-changing and um, just a moment that will stick with me for a very long period of time and and obviously I if I had gone out there and got out first ball, I would have had the same experience, I think. It was just an amazing thing to be a part of and um, to see so many people knowingly come down. And, yes, Katy Perry was a big draw card, but to come down and watch uh, a women's team do what they do, um, yeah, it was, it was just an amazing moment for our country. And so many people, it was their, I heard them say it was their first game of women's cricket and that they would definitely come back, which was, um, which was really cool. Yeah. Although it's not probably always going to be an Australia game in a World Cup final, still. No. Women's cricket's a very fun sport. It's great, isn't it? It's um, it's good fun to play, and for me, I get to travel the world and do it. So I mean, why wouldn't you? And then a few months ago, you played two amazing innings in the semi-final and the final of the One Day World Cup, including the highest ever score by a man or woman in a World Cup final. When you're batting like that, and every shot you hit is just like going to the boundary, what is that just feeling like? Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a rare thing for me to experience, uh, I'll tell you that. I mean, you just read out my stats for the first few years of cricket. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's like a moment of zen, right? It's where everything seems to come together and your plan seems to have paid off and uh, you get the opportunity to go out and just bat, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, I knew it was going to be difficult early. Both Rach and I did and um, we sort of fought through that knowing that was their big threat and we were able to cash in and I thought, um, yeah, it was just one of those moments that I'll probably look back on when I finish playing and think, how did I do that? Or maybe I'll watch it and see how I did it. But, um, yeah, just a great day of cricket that was. Yeah. Um, and I actually spoke to Talia McGraw, which I may have mentioned earlier, while you guys were in hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm quarantined before that World Cup. And she said um, that some of your older players that missed out on winning in 2017 were so determined to win this time. Yep. What did winning that mean to you guys? A lot, um, a lot, and it wasn't it wasn't relief. It wasn't that 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 feeling. It was just satisfaction. I mean, it was five years we had to wait um, after that World Cup when we sort of got bundled out. And I remember being rushed out of England as well. It was like we lost. We didn't even really get the chance to sit down and, and talk about what happened. We were sort of shipped off and off you go and had to watch the final from there or back in Australia. So um, it was a long five-year wait and a lot of talking about that and, and sort of learning from that. And I guess to finally get out there and play as well as we did in that World Cup, um, to be undefeated is incredibly hard to achieve. And, um, yeah, it took five years of blood, sweat and tears, but I, thankfully at the end of it we've got a medal and, and a trophy in the cabinet, which is exactly where we wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and which was your favourite, the T20 World Cup final or the one-day World Cup final? Oh. I mean, Katy Perry wasn't playing after um, the one-day World Cup final, so that win's there. But I think that win in Christchurch was in the one-day final was um, a really sweet feeling for everyone. So I'm going to say that one. I know you love your golf too. Which is a better feeling, hitting a six into the stand at the M- at the MCG or hitting a tee shot right next to the flag? Oh, you've really put me in my spot on the spot here. <laughs> Um, look, I've never had a hole-in-one, so I can imagine that having a hole-in-one is going to be the best feeling on the planet. I so might have been mini-golf once, but I guess that's not the same. <laughs> I probably haven't even done that, so you'll beat me to that. Um, look, I reckon hit, getting a hole-in-one is going to be way better than hitting a six at the MCG, so um, fingers crossed it happens one day. Yeah, I guess that if, um, the six can really go anywhere, but they're trying to be very with the golf. 
Correct. Go and I feel like people can may only ever have one hole in one in their life, whereas I feel like I get an opportunity to try and hit sixes at the MCG quite regularly. So come on, hole in one. Yeah. Hopefully when I play one of my games later this year, I can get a four. I think the most I got was a two. You'll be right. When you get big and strong, you'll hit it for six. Straight ba- uh, sh- Short straight boundaries, you'll be right. Play nice and straight. Um, and did you ever see yourself playing golf professionally one day or is it strictly just for fun? No way. I get asked this question a lot. <clears throat> and I think deep down I always thought maybe it might be a possibility, but over the last few years I've, I've been really lucky to get the opportunity to spend a bit of time with some professional golfers and I see how hard they work, how good they are, how skillful they are. Um, and there is no way I would ever get there um, as much as I would try. But um, also, I don't know if I want to dedicate nine hours a day swinging a golf club. I mean, um, spending nine hours by myself, not a, not a great time. So, um, no, I, as much as I would love to do it, nowhere near good enough to do it. I mean, there is Ash Barty and she's a... Ash is a very, very good golfer. She's already um, won the little tournament, I think, as well. So. Yep, she's she's good. Maybe one day we might have a match-up. I reckon that yeah. we'd, everyone would love to see that happen, so maybe one day. Made the best win, I guess. Correct. <laughs> um, and if my maths is right, your husband, Mitch Stark, is a whole 53 days older than you. Mm-hmm. So the two of you ever notice a difference in the kinds of questions you get asked about your careers and futures? That's a that's a very good question. Yes, I, I do notice that quite a lot, actually. Um, you know, as funnily enough, as as a female in this game, as soon as you turn thirty, people want to talk to you about retirement and, and what your life's going to look like, and when you're going to have kids, and um, especially being married to, to someone like Mitch, people want to know that all the time. So, yeah, it is. When now that I sit back and think about it, I do get asked a lot of different questions, whereas probably Mitch is a bit more, um, you know, like. A bit more of a longevity question, more as like the, the formats, which ones are you going to play and whatnot, whereas mine's a bit more about retirement. So, um, yeah, that, that's really interesting and I never really thought about it. But, I mean, the beauty for us, we're, we're both doing what, what we love um, at the top level and, um, you know, we're, we're still enjoying ourselves. So hopefully we can both play forever. I mean, there are plenty of athletes like in Ava, like Cross Dalton. I think she's like 40 years old now. So yeah. <laughs> you don't have to retire. You could just keep playing until you're 60. I think I might be pushed out of the team by then. But, I mean, that's the beauty of one of the changes that you asked about before is, you know, the opportunity um, to potentially step away from the game and, and have a family and come back and play the game. There's there's great opportunities for, for young girls and, and older girls um, to do that now um, with the parental policy. So it's really exciting times for a lot of girls that are involved in the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and cricket is one of the leaders with women's sport in terms of pay, providing assistance to um, mothers and other areas too. Yep. What would you love to see next grow um, in women's cricket even more and more? Oh, good question. Um, I think for me, I- I'd love to see the domestic game flourish. I think we- we've seen the WBBL and how successful that is. and. Um, I think we can we can constantly rejig that tournament to, to make sure it stays fresh and um, and people want to come and watch. Um, I know we, we sell out our boutique grounds and, and I love that feel. There's so many young families that come to watch the game, but I'd love to see um, you know this team, the Breakers that I'm wearing shirt at the moment. I'd love to see um, the domestic teams in the WNCL get really well supported and for that to be the real breeding ground of the next Australian cricketers, which it is at the moment, um, but it's still quite a part-time 
um, gig for a lot of the girls in our squad. So I'd love to see them full time and, and the opportunity to get to be that um, and to test their skills and, and to work on the game a, a little more full time so that they can you know be the best player they can and if they get the opportunity to play for Australia they're ready to go so um, hopefully that changes. Um, and in 10 years what do you hope women's cricket looks like? Well that was kind of part of the last question. Um, oh look I just hope it it remains one of the fastest growing sports in, in the country. I think we're, we're enticing young girls to come, want to come and play the game and, and that's really exciting. And I think if we keep doing that, it'll just keep growing at the top level and there'll be more opportunities for us to play a lot more international cricket, um, which is, you know, I think really exciting. Um, and what advice would you have for kids playing sport? Go out and do it. I mean, there's so many, there's so many opportunities to not be outside nowadays with, um, you know, phones and iPads and computers. And I think go out there, play as much sport as you can. I think you learn amazing life skills. Yes, you learn a lot of skills, um, whether it's to catch, throw, hit. But I think your life skills, you learn, you know, teamwork, resilience, um, you know, camaraderie, mateship. I think they're invaluable for life. Um, so go out there, play sport. It's, it's a really unique place to learn all these things and I think it'll put you in good stead for the future.